Let's fucking go. NFL is back. College football is back. And betters are in heaven. Welcome to Small Ball Radio. I'm your host, Danny Small. You can follow me on Twitter at DWSmall8. You can follow my writing at EliteSportsNY.com and ActionRush.com. So let's get into it. We're going to go down and talk about the Bucks. cowboys They're opening up the season. Big favorite for the Bucks. there. Uh, we'll dive into that. Then we'll get into a little bit of NFL futures. Not my favorite thing, but start of the season. Got to talk about it a little bit. Then we'll get on to the rest of the NFL Week 1 slate before finishing up with just a little college football recap from the last couple weeks and a look ahead to some things I'm looking at in Week 2 of college football. So let's get into it. Welcome to Small Ball Radio. The Buccaneers and the Cowboys, baby. Every time I talk about the Buccaneers, I almost say the Patriots just because of Tom Brady. It's year two for him in Tampa, and that's still... Is a thing for me. Either writing or talking about him, I almost always say the Patriots. I have to backtrack. But they remind me a lot of the old Patriots. I'm a Jets fan. Watched a lot of Patriots drubbings over the years. And the Buccaneers, uh, it's tough for me to go against them this week. Even though they're seven and a half point faves in this game. Um, they're already actually, I got them at seven and a half earlier this week. But they're already up to eight and a half at some places. So we'll see, we'll see how that number either goes up or goes down as the game gets closer. Uh, but obviously it's not surprising to see the Bucks as huge, huge favorites. They, I think even less than last year, they have they have no question marks at all this year. Then coming into last year, a lot of people thought they were going to be in the position that they were in to win a Super Bowl, and Tom Brady was you know going to come into this good defense with some playmakers. Like People really thought a lot of them. But this year, they're returning everybody. I think they're just they're just better set up this year because Arians and Brady are on the same page. I mean, listen, they won the Super Bowl last year, but we can't forget, like, don't memory hole some of those bad moments for the Bucs last year where everyone thought it was going to come crumbling down. Arians and Brady, they weren't on the same page all year long. They eventually figured it out, got on the same page, and that's when they went on that run. Uh, we can't forget the Bears loss where Brady forgot what down it was. That was a big Big moment where, you know, as there's been a bunch in his career, but it's one of those moments where everyone thought, oh, is, is Tom Brady done? Is, is, is he over the hill? Clearly he's not. Uh, there was also the the drubbing that they received to the Saints where the Saints beat them 38-3 to and just absolutely destroyed them. And that was week nine. So right in the middle of the season, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect for the Bucks last year, but I think they're going to come into this year with just, even after winning the Super Bowl, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to show they can do it again. And I think the Cowboys are stepping into a very difficult situation. Obviously, the Cowboys, quote-unquote, America's team, whatever, they're going to be on big big primetime games. They get the Bucks in Week 1. Tough matchup for them. you got Dak Prescott coming back from injury which he's had a few injuries over the years. He hasn't been exactly healthy all training camp and through the preseason, but he's playing in week one. And if he's healthy, 
Dak is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think you can put him up in that conversation, top 10. Uh, when he's at his peak, he is right up there in that top five conversation. Uh, but we don't know how he's going to come back from this injury. And then you add in the fact that the Cowboys line, which used to be a strength, is now a pretty big liability. They lost Pro Bowl guard Zach Martin. He's out this week because of COVID. Uh, and then I think you just you look at that defense, and that defense is very questionable. Uh, going against you know the Buccaneers with all these weapons. I mean Tom Brady, the the smartest quarterback in football, uh, or at least you know arguably. I don't know if you want to say Aaron Rodgers or somebody else, but we can obviously Brady's up there. He's the goat. So Dallas is going to have a tough time. I just the one thing that's that's really making me nervous about this is the public is just heavily, heavily, heavily on the Patriots coming into this. I think it's over 80% at DraftKings on money and tickets are on the Bucks. That's something that really scares me because the sports books are always going to win. You're never going to beat them in the long term, uh, or at least the average better won't beat them in the long term. There's a reason why they're all making money hand over fist. So the fact that the public is so heavy on them makes me a bit nervous, but not to the point where I'm going to back out and not bet on the Buccaneers. I think I'm going to go with them. I got plus seven and a half. I'm toying with taking them in a couple survivor leagues I'm in. But the problem with that is I don't want to lose on Thursday night and either have to rebuy or just be out of my survivors. So it's tough because you want to save the Pats or the I said the Pats. You want to save the Bucks until later on in the year too. But sometimes you want to get off on the right foot. And I really I I could see the Cowboys covering this spread, but I just don't see any path to victory for them. Um, and obviously, I'm probably not going to be taking the money line on the Bucks just because they're. Uh, they're up to like minus 390, close to minus 400 at some places. I just don't see much value in that. Um, but I'll, I'll see where this see where this spread goes. If it's if it stays up at eight eight and a half, I'm probably going to just stick with my one ticket on seven and a half and let that ride. But we shall see how that number moves. I think if anything, it's going to keep moving towards the Cowboys. So if you are a Cowboys backer, wait. I'd say wait until wait until close to game time for that. Um, and if you're looking for free money on this game, because every sports book is trying to trying to draw in as many customers as possible before football season starts, Caesar Sportsbook has a max bet of 50 on the Bucks to score one point at plus 100 odds. So as long as Tom Brady and the Bucks aren't shut out, you're going to win 50 bucks on that game. That's not a bad little uh, not a bad little hit. And then DraftKings has a plus 73 spread on the Buccaneers. I think it's safe to say that Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, they're going to cover 73 points. I don't see any way the Cowboys are winning 74 to nothing or anything close to it. And that is at minus 110 odds. Uh, and the max bet on that, uh, I'm actually not sure, but it's free money. You might as well. If you have a DraftKings account, you might as well just go go place that. If you have a Caesar Sportsbook account, you might as well go place that. Uh, both both places are doing big-time uh, new user promos as well. So if you don't have an account with either, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I'll post some links in the tweet I send out with this episode just to uh, give you some links to get in. Uh, DraftKings is doing a bet $1 on any NFL game, win 200 in bonuses no matter what. 
And then Caesar Sportsbook has a $5,000 risk-free bet. So if you're looking to sign up with any of those, feel free to check that out um, in the link to the tweet I send out about this. Um, and then I guess final final thought is take the bucks. If you can get them at plus seven and a half, even if you can get them at eight, I probably would still do that. But as I said, I locked it in earlier this week, so I'm, I'm in good shape right now. Moving on to some NFL futures. Like I said in the intro, not really my favorite thing to bet on the NFL. I'm really like a week-to-week bet-against-the-spread kind of guy, pick out some money lines, uh, maybe an over-under here and there, but not really many futures. What I usually do is I'll win a big bet on something, then I'll take all that money, throw it on a bunch of different Jets futures, because eventually the Jets are going to win something, and I'm going to be making money when they do. Uh, So... You can you can take that to the bank this year. Uh, if the Jets beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to be a rich man. Uh, and with that said, one actual Jets bet I like is Zach Wilson, Rookie of the Year. That's probably, of all the Jets futures bets, that's probably my favorite. Um, I like over 6.5 uh, or over 6 wins. I think it might even be down to 5.5 at some places, but uh, don't quote me on that. Um but yeah, I like that. But I, my favorite is Zach Wilson to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. If you look at it right now, it's Lawrence, Jones, Fields, and then Wilson at most sports books. That's how they have it. Um, Wilson, you can get Wilson at plus nine hundred at BetMGM right now, which I think is a pretty good, pretty good value on him. And actually, with that said, BetMGM, from at least just my my uh, little research into it. They look like they have the best like individual award odds. So if you're looking for futures on offensive rookie of the year, MVP, anything like that, I think BetMGM is probably the best place to go. Uh, but I digress. I think I like, I like Wilson because just the fact that he's a quarterback puts him a little bit ahead of guys like Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts, who I'll talk about in a minute here. But I think just the fact that he's ahead of them He's got an improving offensive line. He's got weapons around him in Corey Davis. Uh, Elijah Moore is another rookie. Uh, He's a bit longer odds to win Rookie of the Year, but I don't know. If you think he's going to go crazy, feel free to throw a little bit of money on him. At uh, he's at plus three thousand a couple places, Um, but I just I think I think Wilson is going to be set up for a pretty decent year, and I think he's pretty much on a level playing field with the other guys on this. I mean, you could argue, obviously, Mac Jones has a better team around him than Wilson does, but I think if Wilson puts up similar numbers, I think he he probably will get the edge over Mac Jones. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is in a very similar situation to to Wilson, and then you got Fields, who we we don't know. He could come in in the second quarter of week one, or he could be on the shelf until week five. We don't know that for sure. Um, that's one thing when Mac Jones was named the starter that you saw his odds jump a lot. I imagine that when Justin Fields finally goes in, you're going to see him go up from like plus 750 where he is now, plus 700 ish. You're going to see him jump way up, uh, and really, you know, probably be one of the, one of, if not the favorite to win it all at that point. Cause I think a lot of people are high on fields. Um, but yeah, I, I like Wilson. That's my Jets bias. But if you're looking for a Jets future that is not too too crazy, because I'm betting on them to win the Super Bowl, and yeah, that's crazy. 
But if you're looking for Wilson, he's plus 900 at BetMGM right now, and that's probably my number one. Now, like I said before, Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts, there's decent odds on them, but you never know. I mean, that Pittsburgh offensive line is atrocious. Harris is talented, but I don't know if he can overcome that. And then you got Kyle Pitts. Who knows how he does? It's I think it's pretty rare to see a tight end uh, win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but if there was ever a tight end who could do it, it's probably him. With all that said, though, I'm sticking with uh, I'm sticking with Zach Wilson plus 900. That's that's my that's my move right here. And then if you're looking for MVP, I went with Stafford. Uh, threw a little bit on him, not a ton, but I think the change of scenery is going to be a good thing for him. He's always one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's been stuck on some terrible, terrible, terrible Lions teams for years. Where I mean, he had Calvin Johnson for a while, but outside of that, uh, you know, Galladay was a good player, but he's hurt. 24-7. Uh, that line was never anything to write home about. Just the team in general. Stafford was stuck in a, in a tough situation for a long time. I think going out to LA, he's got one of the most underrated receiving tandems in football with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. He's got a good running game, strong line, and one of the best play callers. Uh, and, you know, one of those, you know, those young, quote-unquote, offensive gurus that everyone talks about, Sean McVay, who McVay is a great great offensive mind, but he had Jared Goff for a few years. And not that Goff is a terrible player. I'm not saying that. But Matt Stafford is a major, major step up. And I'm pretty much just banking on the two of them having a chem- having good chemistry and them staying healthy. And then the Rams even having a really good year because I think obviously you've got to ha- be on a pretty good team to win MVP. And with that defense, they're going to be good. So Stafford, he's my guy. He's been my guy for a while. So Figured throw a little bit on him, but that's all I got on futures. Like I said, I'm not I'm not a big futures guy. I don't go crazy for him, and that's all I got. Here we go, baby. Week one, NFL, maybe the best day of the year outside of the Super Bowl when the Jets eventually play in it. NFL week one. I'm gonna break down. Start with the Jets. So if you don't give a shit about the Jets or the Panthers. I would say turn this on two times speed or whatever. Fast forward a couple minutes because I'm going to break down the Jets a little bit. Jets, I got them plus five and a half, and I also have them on the money line at plus 195. So going in with both of those, I think I think that I think this line is just too high. I see. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but the way I see this game breaking down is there are two key matchups. You have the Jets' defensive line versus the Panthers' offensive line is the first matchup. And then the second one is the Jets' cornerbacks versus the Panthers' wide receivers. The Panthers' offensive line is shit. It's probably the worst offensive line that Darnold will play behind in his career. And that's saying a lot given the fact that Jets didn't give a shit about their offensive line when Darnold was there. Jets D-line, yes, they lost Carl Lawson, but it's deep. It's very deep. You're going to have Shaq Lawson, who's not as good as Carl Lawson, obviously, but you're going to have Shaq Lawson out there on the edge of the left tackle going at him. Uh, Irving is a terrible left tackle. He's one of the worst in football. And then F-line, Eiflin, don't even need to learn his name, the left guard. He's awful. He's awful. And he's going to be going up against Quinn and Williams all day. I think Williams is going to be having a breakout year, finished last year with seven sacks, a couple forced fumbles, some tackles for loss. I think he dominated, dominated left guards last year, and now he's going up against the one of the worst left guards in all of football. 
yeah, give me give me that. Give me give me the Jets D line going against that O line. If they can get pressure, they can stop the run because obviously McCaffrey is dangerous. They have Chuba Hubbard. That's going to be a tough one. If they can, if the Panthers can establish the run, that takes the D line out of it a little bit. But if the Jets can get them into obvious passing downs where they have Shaq Lawson, Quentin Williams, uh, Sheldon Rankins, and then uh, John Franklin Myers on the edge, they have those four guys across in obvious passing situations. It's going to be a tough day for Sam Darnold, and that kind of plays into the Jets cornerbacks versus the Panthers wide receivers. Panthers wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, they're deep threats. Those guys are great at getting down the field. I mean, Jets fans know Robbie Anderson can move. He can he can fly. So if the Jets aren't generating pressure against Arnold and those guys can get down the field, this young Jets cornerback group is going to have a tough time because we still we don't know who's starting opposite Bryce Hall yet. Uh, so it's that is the we, the biggest weakness for the Jets. And also, just throwing it in there, if the linebackers, if any of them, Sherwood, Nazaruddin, Mosley, can they keep up with McCaffrey? That's another tough one, but that kind of dovetails into the cornerbacks and wide receivers. So I think my, my reasoning here for going with the Jets, besides the fact that I'm a Jets fan, my reasoning is that the Panthers, are they don't have a good offensive line. And Darnold, I've watched it for I watched it for three years. He was not good when he was under pressure. Great when he had time. Great when he could make a couple plays, um, you know, from the pocket, even rolling out. Sometimes off schedule, he's good. But generally speaking, when you get a lot of pressure on him, it's not going to be a good day for him. And I think even even with some of the losses on that line, Jets have decent decent guys on the edge with Shaq Lawson. Franklin Myers, and then you got undrafted free, uh, free agent from a year ago, Bryce Huff. I think you got a good, good little rotation there with those three. And then on the inside, you've got Quentin Williams, who, like I said, I think he's gonna have a breakout year. Plus, you have Sheldon Rankins, who's obviously getting a little older, not as great as he used to be, but still a solid option. And then you have Foley Fadukasi, who's one of the most underrated run stoppers in the league. So I think they've got a good kind of like six man rotation there on the line where they're gonna be giving the Panthers some problems. So that's why I like the Jets. If you don't, you can go fuck yourself um, because the Jets are going to win, and if you bet on the Panthers, you're going to lose a lot of money. So there you go. Uh, Next one I like, I kind of touched on it a little bit, just with my love of Matt Stafford. Love the Rams. Love them, love them, love them this year. Uh, I got them at 7.5. Wait, let me see. Yeah, I did not get them yet, but... I'm looking at them seven and a half. I like that number. Um, I think the Bears with Andy Dalton, they're going to have a tough time slowing down Aaron Donald up the middle. I mean, he dude is just a beast. Then you got Ramsey on the outside. That defense is going to be nasty. And then for the for the Rams on offense, it's just about if you can stop Khalil Mack, that opens up a lot of things because he's that one guy on Chicago that can really just destroy a game plan and just completely like – destroy anything that you're trying to do but i just i think the rams are just too good on both sides of the ball so for that sunday night game i'm saying yes go rams go minus seven and a half i I really like them in that to start off with a win especially i know they're probably not going to have a great home field advantage given you know la is not a great sports town but being at home definitely helps monday night game i like the ravens to cover it's going to be tough on the road. Allegiant Stadium, Raiders aren't a bad team because they can score. Their offense is going to be good. Their offense is going to be able to play. But I like the Ravens. Last six games of the regular season against the spread, they were 6-0. and 
And on the flip side, the Raiders were 1-5 and five against the spread to end the season last year. I know, obviously, both teams have made some changes. Like, it's not going to be the exact same teams out there. But Ravens at a pretty reasonable number. I think minus four, you can get them on DraftKings right now. I think I think that's a very reasonable number for the Ravens. Um, and if you, if you don't like either spread there, one interesting thing, the Raiders were went over on the total 13 and 13 out of the 16 games last season that they played and part of that is just the offense is pretty good Derek Carr had a very like underrated year that people aren't talking about they can run the ball a little bit too they've got Darren Waller who's obviously a stud and then the defense is just not good so I mean Baltimore runs the ball more than anybody in the NFL so that kind of lends itself to an under but at the same time they can score like Lamar Jackson can he can get out and score touchdowns on the ground. I know they've got some injuries in the backfield, but that over is is an interesting interesting look at uh, for people who don't like the spread so much on this. I'm gonna stick with my my Ravens at minus four. I'm gonna go with that, but that over it's 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 kind of calling my name. We'll have to see we'll have to see how the rest of the games go up until that point. <sighs> and then what what do we got here? Last the last game I I really like here is the 49ers against the Lions. I think they're going to absolutely just boat race them. They're seven and a half point favorites on basically every book in Jersey right now. It, I don't even think this is going to be a close game at all. I I will probably not do it because they take some brass balls, but I was looking at buying the points up to even like 19 and a half, 20 and a half. I think the Niners are going to absolutely destroy them. Garoppolo, Lance, doesn't matter. I think they named Garoppolo the starter, but doesn't matter. You're having Mike, uh, not Mike LaFleur, he's with the Jets. You're having Shanahan going up against Campbell, the Lions head coach who, Shanahan is one of the best play callers, like draws up incredible plays. George Kittle gets open every, like every time, even though he's double covered. Shanahan's a stud. I'm not a I'm I I don't love the Niners or anything like that. I'm not a Niners fan, but Shanahan is a stud. And Dan Campbell is talking about biting people's knees in his uh in his opening press conference as as Lions head coach. I mean, I don't know. I'll take I'll take the guy who actually has made it to a couple Super Bowls over the guy who just talks about biting somebody's knee. As, as a head coach. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think the 49ers are going to absolutely destroy, destroy the Lions on Sunday. So load up on the Niners. I'm probably not going to have the balls to buy up all those points on them, but I did get them at minus seven and a half, and I'm sticking to it on there. And probably end up over the weekend, picking up a couple more games that I like, but for now, I'm sticking with the Jets, plus five and a half, Bucks minus seven and a half. I'm gonna look for Rams minus seven and a half, Niners minus seven and a half, and then Ravens minus four. Going kind of going kind of big on the favorites this week, but we'll see we'll see how that goes. I just I don't know. I think I think I think these some of these these heavily favored teams are just gonna come out and make a statement in week one. Last but not least, college football. I got absolutely smoked in college football last year, but we're off to a decent start after week zero and week one this year. I'm 12 and nine plus 2.66 units, so can't really complain too much about that. I think Ohio State, I think I bet 
four different times on them throughout that game, and they ended up covering everything. So Ohio State was my big uh, my big winner last last week. Uh, but this week coming up, I like the Fighting Illini, Illinois plus ten and a half. I I don't know what it is. I I won on them in week zero. I think part of this this love I have with Illinois right now has to do with the fact that they are they were I got them at plus ten and a half, and they were down to they were about plus nine earlier this week on Circus Sportsbook. Uh, which is a book in Vegas, which is generally regarded as very, very sharp on college football lines. That line has kind of moved back a little bit, so it, it's tough to kind of it's tough to kind of know what all the line movement is. Well, like what's going on there? It's it's tough, but I still like Illinois plus ten and a half against Virginia. I mean, I know they just lost last weekend, but I don't know. You can't deny the Illini. Take them plus ten and a half. After that, I like Iowa plus four and a half. They absolutely railroaded Indiana last week. I'm I'm a big fan of Indiana and that quarterback Penix. And I think he's a really good player, but Iowa put him in his place. That whole team last week. And then on the flip side, you have Iowa State, who I was playing this week. Iowa State struggled with Northern Iowa, which they always seem to. I, it doesn't make sense that they still put them on the schedule because they always kind of come out and give them a tough time. So I like Iowa plus four and a half. If you can get that number, not a ton else that I'm seeing out there right now that I'm, that I'm looking at. I'm sure on Saturday, I'll start making a couple bets here and there, but so far I like the Illini plus 10 and a half. And then the Hawkeyes plus four and a half. It's really all I got for you on college football. And that's really all I got for you on everything. So thanks for listening. If you made it this far, hopefully I gave you a couple winners, gave you a couple things to think about. I'm your host, Danny Small. You can follow me on Twitter at DWSmall8. You can find my work, like I said, at EliteSportsNY.com. And most of my football and my gambling stuff, will you can find that at ActionRush.com. We also on ActionRush.com have very good, uh, like, we have a, a page where you can you can see all the odds at all the books in New Jersey or whatever state you're in. Uh, that makes it helpful for you know on Sunday morning when you're looking for you, you want to bet the Jets and you're looking for where where you get odds and somebody might have them at plus six, somebody might have them at plus five and a half. Just we've got good tools where you can kind of figure out where your best odds lie. So thanks again for making it this through. Like, share, subscribe, retweet, all that good stuff. Give me a five-star rating on Apple. Whatever, uh, whatever. If I, if I give you a, a winner, you got to give me a five-star rating. And if I give you a loser, you have to give me a five-star rating. You, those are the rules. Catch you next week.